Hello and welcome back to the You Thought Podcast. And man, do we have a show for you. A little NBA, a little NFL, and even a little bit of baseball at the end. So get cozy and stay tuned. But first, I want to introduce my fellow co-host, Lucas. How's it going, everybody? Again, I'm taking a break from a fun viewing of this week, the New Hampshire primaries. To record, so <laughs> I'm glad I could be joining you all. We also got Aiden. Yeah, um, I think we should all acknowledge the sacrifice that Lucas is making tonight. He, he is committed to this Very podcast. Noble. Anyway, <laughs> hello, everybody. Just to, yeah. keep every, just to keep everybody updated, if anybody's yeah. listening to this live, it is 943 Eastern, and Bernie Sanders currently leads with 27.1%. <laughs> Thank you. So, if anybody cares. <laughs> I got big man Bart. <laughs> Uh, hey everyone, happy to be here again. Just confused about who could be listening to this live. <laughs> <laughs> and I call him Little Bro, but you guys know him as Jared. Yes, indeed. I'm I'm bigger though. Let's just let's just get that. Yeah, out. right. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> as somebody who has seen the two of you in person, um, <laughs> 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 you know. So we do have a full stacked show today, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into our first topic. Dak Prescott's pending contract extension. So it has been reported that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' contract negotiations have come to a halt. Dak Prescott previously declined a contract offer from the Cowboys earlier this season at $33 million, per the reports. He wants to receive a payout north of $35 million. If an extension cannot be made before the start of free agency, the Cowboys will likely tag Dak Prescott anywhere between 26 and 33 million, depending on what kind of tag that they use. Uh, so Jared, the floor is yours. What should the Cowboys do and how much is Dak Prescott worth? Okay. Here's the thing. Dak Prescott is a top five QB in the league. You got Lamar <laughs> Jackson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Dak Prescott right there. Fourth in total QBR this year, sixth in total QBR since he entered the league. Fourth in passing touchdowns this year and second in passing yards. So let's just get those stats out of the way, okay? He has more passing yards and more touchdowns than Deshaun Watson. So if you want to argue that, we can get into that. Don't get on me about the Cowboys' record. With a better coach, Dak would have a good record. However, the Cowboys have made the right offer. The offer at $33 million is very fair. That would make him a top-five paid quarterback. He should not, and I don't think will not, and will not be the highest-paid QB in the league. But there's plenty of reasons why there's pressure on the Cowboys. Um, they want Dak to report to training camp to get in the new McCarthy system. The team's not – I don't think will be that good if Dak doesn't get that chemistry um, early on. They need a, I think they need to sign Dak before Mahomes gets signed for his ridiculous, like, probably $40 million plus a year contract. It's just going to drive up the market even more. So if you're from Dak's perspective, let's say, and you want to just get paid highly and you want the most money possible, you should wait till Mahomes gets signed to drive up the market. So I get why Dak's holding out because when you look at it in the previous years, once you're the highest paid guy, it only lasts for like one or two seasons before somebody just passes you up. So I, do, I totally get what, why he's doing it. But let's look at let's look at this from a team perspective goal. If you're Dak and you want to win a Super Bowl, I'm going to tell you why you should take the pay cut, the pay cut at 33 million a year. So the top five QB, the top five highest paid QBs, I'm going to go through them. Russell Wilson, he won the Super Bowl on his rookie contract. Since he's got that extension. Um, hasn't been uh, back to the Super Bowl, right? And hasn't hasn't won one, obviously. Big Ben also won his first Super Bowl in his rookie contract, and then after signing his, his extension, won in that first year, and then that's it. Jared Goff and um, is third highest, 
obviously went to the Super Bowl in his rookie deal, but he had a down year. It's too early to tell with him. Aaron Rodgers, since he signed his record-breaking contract in 2013, he has not been to a Super Bowl and obviously not won one. And then Carson Wentz basically hasn't even been to a Super Bowl, but somehow he got to be the fifth-highest-paid QB in the league. So does does um, Dak Prescott deserve to be up there? Yes, sure. But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you do it when their QB is on a discount. Look at guys like Joe Flacco, before he signed his extension, won the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady are on discounts when they won their Super Bowls. The point is, if you want your if you're Dak and you want your team to win, you need to have your QB on a bargain, and they have so they have enough money to fill their other assets. Jared, you have never been more wrong <laughs> in your entire life, and I've known you for the full 22 years that we have been alive. You have never been more wrong about Dusk Prescott. He is not anywhere close to a top five QB. He's top 15 at best, at best. Jared, do not let the stat padding fool you, Jared. He's average. He didn't beat a single team over 500 this year, Jared. The Cowboys didn't, not Dak Prescott. We talked okay. about this last week, Wyatt. <laughs> He's exactly, he is a quarterback. He is a quarterback. And on four occasions this year, Jared, if you want to just, let's just take the Cowboys out of it. He failed to record a single touchdown on four occasions this year. Do you want to hear him? Sure. The Saints is a big game. They had three easy games. Week four. Week four was the time for them to prove themselves. Fail. New York Jets, two losing streak. They're like, well, we're let's let's kind of get an easy one today. Nah, loss. Fail. New England Patriots. It's their time. They say we're gonna we're gonna finally prove that we are that team. Never mind. Week eleven, that was a fail. And then on week 16 against the Eagles for their own playoff spot, F-A-I-L. Jared, can you tell me what that spells? It I'll spells tell you. It's, it's a fail. Fault. It's a fail. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't – not only should the Cowboys not pay him more than 15% of the salary, and I know that like there's a thing that says if, if a quarterback or a certain player on a team is making more than 15% of the salary – that they have never won a Super Bowl beyond that point. Not only is this a, a smart business decision for the team, but he's not even anywhere close to being worth that much. They should let him he's walk. Worth... Oh my god. <laughs> he's worth more he's worth more than Carson Wentz and Jared Goff by far. There's no there's no way you can say he can't deserve that kind of money. Carson Wentz has a ring though. <laughs> I mean in a, in, a, in a game he didn't play in. Come on. <laughs> I think the issue is that they paid uh, Zeke way too much in the first place, and they've kind of handicapped themselves now. Mm-hmm. I think they they could live with paying him thirty three million if they didn't have Zeke's contract to deal with right now. But I agree that it should be under thirty if they want to be able to build a contending. But what team. are you gonna do yeah. otherwise? Like, what's your your alternative? I mean, tank tank I, for the... whoever the next good quarterback oh, out of college my. is. I think you could find a like a. Re- I think you could find like a Ryan Tannehill type quarterback, like somebody who's like replacement level, and I think do just as well and build up the weapons around. No, him. I disagree. Completely. I think it can. You think the cow? You think okay, the Cowboys why, will Jared. be better with a replacement level quarterback? Yeah. No, no, I don't think Dak Prescott be better. is. No, no, I don't think a replacement be... level quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily think that they will be better, but I think that they could improve the team all around more to the point where they would be a more well-rounded team and contend. Because I think Dak is an above average, if not great quarterback. But I think, you know, we talk about it's a quarterback-dominated league, yes. But, like, the Cowboys, 
had like one of the best offenses in the NFL this year and couldn't make it to the playoffs. In so then, how's that? A, how's that his fault? If the, if Dak did his job the on the offensive side, but no, he no, did the, his job the on the offensive is, side. The point is, if you pay him all that money, though, are you going to be able to improve the defense? Yeah, no, I think Dak is an above-average quarterback. But if the defense is still terrible because you're spending thirty-three million a year on Dak, like what's the point? If you could have a replacement-level quarterback and a better defense. Like, I think that is a better path to success. I think they're yeah, basically but, but just no stuck one... between a rock and a hard place. Because yeah. I think Dak deserves, like, to want that money, and he should definitely fight for it. But I, it's just going to handicap them. That's yeah. At the end of the day, it's an issue. But he has no leverage. Yes. Like, why, how, how does, does he, he have, have leverage? leverage? Who's gonna, no, who else is going to pay him $37, oh, $35 million dollars a year? Plenty of teams. If he, no, yeah. no, yeah, think, no way. If he just walks away. teams definitely would. Name, like, what? Like, People will pay a premium. Yeah, I think you could find like a Chargers or something like that with Phil Rivers. I, no, I don't think, I think that. that they'd splurge for Dak. I don't think anyone would pay Dak Prescott thirty-seven million dollars. I mean, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying he he deserves thirty-seven million. But that's wait, what he wants. Where, where did where did 30, oh, 37 is what he wants? He wants anywhere north I, I of thirty-five. I think thirty-three should be the ceiling. <laughs> right. So what'd you say, Bart? Thirty-three should be the ceiling. I, yeah. I don't see how anybody would pay him more. Than and that's that. how much it would yeah. cost if they use an exclusive franchise tag on him. It would be thirty-three million dollars per year. Or for that one year. A good compromise here is to just franchise tag him, wait to see how he performs with McCartney, and then McCarthy, and then next year actually sign him to a long-term deal if he is legit still, which I think he will be. I think he's going to have a good year. And then they're going to have to sign him for probably, yeah, probably above $37 million and I think that's but okay. in year five, how how much longer can you start lo- stop looking at him as a developing quarterback and look at him as whether he is that guy or is not that guy? He's not a developing. He's been quarterback. in route. He's a top five. He's, quarterback. But people talk. He's not a top five quarterback. Get real. <laughs> uh, he's everyone's been talking about. He's that guy and he's above average. And in year five, I think you kind of figure out who he is, and he is not that guy. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. I disagree. He's been in. The, he's been to the Pro Bowl two out of his four seasons. <laughs> cool, he's still him, super Jared. young. Pro Bowl is meaningless. No, it's not. No, a Pro it's Bowl not. is absolutely meaningless. Guys, Drew Wyatt. So Wyatt, Drew Brees didn't win until his eighth season. He didn't make it to the playoffs. So you're telling me we don't know by season five if he's good or not? Like that's not true at all. Come on. <sighs> I don't know. Like I think Dak is an above average. Good quarterback. But my biggest issue is that I think the Cowboys would be hemorrhaging their future if they paid him that much. Like, if you look at the Eagles since they signed Carson Wentz to that type of deal, like, they've just steadily declined. And I think, well, Dak is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Like, I, I just, I think it's a lot of money to be spending on a guy that isn't a Mahomes or a Jackson or even, like, a Brady in his prime. Like, those guys are, I don't know. Elite, and I think Dak is a good above average quarterback, but I don't think he's elite in the, or a winner in the same way that a Mahomes or Brady is. Well, whether whether he should or not, though, let's talk about if it's realistic. He's not gonna. There's nothing. Thirty three million is like the minimum right now, no. basically. So, like, if we're talking thirty three million to thirty five to thirty eight million, like, I agree that thirty three million's there, but he's not gonna take a pay cut after that. They're they're stuck there, basically, at thirty three. Yeah. And I think that's fair for him, is what I'm saying. Sure, sure, it's gonna hurt. Like the like I said, like they, it's a good window to win when your QB is on your rookie on the rookie contract. But realistically, what the rest of the league has done doesn't give the Cowboys much of a choice. Yeah, I'll concede that point too. Like I think he's 
his value is a victim of the market, even if I don't think it's the best move yeah. for the Cowboys. Actual question, how much would a replacement level quarterback cost, like Ryan Tannehill? Million. Looks like he's making seven mil a year right now. Yeah. yeah, I'll be curious to see what he gets, because it'll probably be more than he's worth. Like, that's just how, like, free agents work in general, especially quarterbacks. And I just, I find it hard to believe that the Cowboys would get better by, like, letting him go and taking a replacement level quarterback. Like, it's such a quarterback-driven league. Mm-hmm. I think they need him. But what if it's, like, Teddy Bridgewater, who's proven that he can win games? He went, what, 5-0? and 5-1 and or something like that? He won five games in Drew Brees' absence. 5-0? and Yeah, but I would say, though, that, like, that's Sean Payton's offense. <laughs> I don't think Mike McCarthy's on the same level as Sean Payton. You know what I mean? So I don't think Teddy Bridgewater... Like, you put Teddy Bridgewater and Dak Prescott in Mike McCarthy's system, whatever that's going to be, I, you take Dak. He's going to win you more games. Any final thoughts on, on Dak Prescott and why he shouldn't be paid? <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't be paid anything? No. no, I think they should let him walk. <laughs> he should be fired, yeah. Sign and trade, franchise sex, sign and trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put him in XFL. <laughs> Bring in Jameis. That's the guy you want. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to go on to another topic. We're going to move into the NBA and talk about the trade deadline that just happened this Thursday. Um, it was anything but quiet. We had several teams around the league look to strengthen their rosters and make a run for a championship or find their way into the playoffs for some of the smaller teams. Um, but we're going to start with some of the most mo- notable trades. Lucas, which trade are you highlighting today? So I'm going to look at the trade between the Miami Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Heat got Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, um, and then the Grizzlies got Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and Gorgie Diang, and they ended up waiving Waiters uh, today. So it ended up being just for Winslow and Diang. But I think overall, big win for all parties involved. Uh, Iguodala was clearly not happy in Memphis. <laughs> I mean, he said that he would <laughs> set out or sit out. Um, until he got traded, I think he. It's just hard for him coming from the Warriors and like winning, and and also from the Sixers before that, and being the guy to just like being on the Grizzlies, who you know have some exciting young talent. But I think at this point in his career, after winning for a while, he wants to keep winning. So he gets to go to a contender. They bring along Jay Crowder, who's you know not going to set the world alight, but a solid guy off the bench, good defender. And in return, uh. The I think the Grizzlies got some good players too. Maybe a slight downgrade, but I think Winslow will help a lot. Deng's a solid guy off the bench. And they also brought in Jordan Bell. So I think overall, good deadline for the Grizzlies. I think this trade with the Heat help that sort of got rid of some locker room tension with Iguodala. John Morant liked a quote F Iguodala tweet, but instead of F it said the the full word. So I think overall, uh, good for both parties. Maybe not equally good, but I think a good, a well executed trade. Do you have any big winners for this trade? Uh, Iguodala, he gets off a mm-hmm. bad team, gets to finish off his career with a contender. And I think he's the big winner here. I agree. And then we have Bart. yeah. I thought it was suspect that Iguodala didn't uh, didn't want to play for the Grizzlies. They've actually turned out to be kind of decent this year. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean they're like 
They're punting around the eighth yeah. seed in the West. Like that's different than being like second in the East or third in the East. Because I thought that this move with Iguodala moved the Miami Heat up to. I made a power rankings. They moved him up to actually number two in my power rankings. Um, I think that the Heat have been impressive this year, but Iguodala makes them a really good team. And of course, Jay Crowder is a sneaky good little pickup from them. But I mean, I don't, I don't blame him, Iguodala, for not wanting to go to the Grizzlies because they're, I mean, they're fun and they're, it's a cute little Cinderella story. But I mean, they're not winning a championship this year. The Heat might. Yeah, especially Iguodala brings like a nice veteran presence to that team. Like I, I still wouldn't have them as favorites by any means, but like. They're sort of lacking that playoff experience in Iguodala. Yeah, has that, and so. the Bucks are still the favorites. Uh, Bart, which trade are you yeah. highlighting today? Uh, so I wanted to take a look at the trade between the Warriors and the Timberwolves. The Warriors got um, Andrew Wiggins and a couple of picks, and the Timberwolves got uh, yeah, the guy, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Tiwo's fans have been fiending for this trade to happen for a long time, and it finally materialized. <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm, I'm going to kind of take a similar approach as Lucas. I think both teams kind of came out of this with a, a W, if you will. I mean, as a Timberwolves fan, all I can say is good riddance that Andrew Wiggins is finally gone. Uh, I think he has <laughs> hit his ceiling as an NBA player. He's just not that good. Uh, and it's, it's honestly, like back when they traded Levine, to the Bulls, they should have traded Wiggins. They traded the wrong guy, and it cost them. So I'm glad to see he's finally gone. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is happy now that he's got his homie, D'Angelo Russell, in town. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell is just like a better player anyway, right? Uh, the Warriors, obviously, I'm, I'm crapping on Wiggins. I think they win this because they get a couple of picks, and they get a, so trade pieces, basically. I don't see how they could be planning on keeping Wiggins in the long term. I know uh, Steve Kerr and their owner have... Both talked about how they knew that Russell wasn't a great fit and that they think Wiggins might be a better fit in this current team. I don't know about all that. Uh, I think they're <laughs> going to try to trade Wiggins in the in the in the draft picks for another actual star, uh, probably this offseason. Try to make another you know run at the championship while their window is still open. Um, but definitely, yeah. I mean, I think both teams get what they want out of it and it, it works out well. Hopefully, uh, the Timberwolves can actually win a few games now. Uh, they beat the Clippers on their first night, but that seems like it was a fluke. They promptly <laughs> lost to the Raptors in the next game. Uh, so we'll see. But I think for now, yeah, it's it's a good move for both teams. Raptors aren't a bad team to lose to. Yeah. Yeah, true. Bart, I think you're going to find that the Warriors end up just – or that the Timberwolves end up just being a good farm system for the Warriors and that Wiggins <laughs> is going to, like, take off. <laughs> it, it, it'd, be, it'd be completely Timberwolves-esque for him to actually end up being a beast. I wouldn't be surprised at all, but I really honestly do think he's hit his ceiling. Maybe Steve Kerr is, like, an amazing coach and he'll no. get the best out of him, but I would be surprised. No. Draymond Green's going to whip him into shape. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you were the transcendent talent that everybody thought he would be, yeah. he would at least have shown flashes of it at this point. And, like, he just... Yeah, he's not. like a more expensive Harrison Barnes. That's very accurate. That he was just... Yeah. He's, he's, like, he costs, like, yeah. $27 million a year. But, and, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think that he sticks around. I think that they're going to end up trading him. Um, do you have any big winners for this trade? Uh, the Timberwolves organization. Right, at least Carl Anthony I mean, Towns yeah, can lose. I'd even mention right. Wiggins' contract, and getting rid of that is definitely the, the biggest W of it all. I would say, yeah. Right. And da- and Dax work worth more than that. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, than Wiggins. Yeah, that's right. Oh, of course. <laughs> Comparing across sports is always the best thing to do. I wrote down a big winner real quick. I want to share this one. It's Kevin Durant because they traded. Because <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant was a you know, part of the trade, the sign-in trade with D'Lo, and then. 
they traded away D'Lo for Wiggins. So I would say that the Warriors got worse, and Kevin Durant just gets to sit there in Brooklyn and smile as they demanded. He 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 demanded a sign and trade, and you know the whole thing. And so I think Kevin. Yeah, the, the Warriors did make that trade just so that they would get something and not let him walk for nothing, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, don't you think that they should have just let him walk for nothing? Because then they would have been able to kept Iguodala and have some cap space. But now they're stuck with Andrew Wiggins' twenty-seven million dollar contract. <laughs> True. Right. Fair. All this was because Kevin Durant did a sign-in trade, and the Warriors didn't want to lose nothing. So he's my big winner. <laughs> uh, Aiden, which uh, which trade are you highlighting today? So I'm going to be looking at Clint Capella to the Hawks for Robert Covington headed to the Rockets. Those are the most notable names in this deal. Overall, it was a four-team, twelve-player deal. Uh, kind of hard to keep track of all the players in this deal. Those are those are the important ones. Um, as far as the main teams involved, the Hawks and the Rockets. Uh, I hate to you know continue the the party line here, but I think both teams actually did get better. On paper, it looks like like Clint Capella is like a like good player. It looks kind of weird to be trading him plus a first round pick just to get Covington and maybe some cap space, I guess. Um, but to be honest, the Rockets have looked better without Capella. Their small ball lineup seems to be working okay. They were ten and one without him before the trade. Since then, they've been I think I think it's four and two. Uh, so we'll have to see how it works out in the long run. But it seems like they're pretty committed to to going with a small ball team, uh, and I, I think that's a worthy risk to take given that the first half of the season was pretty disappointing for the Rockets. Like I think they did underachieve. So I think the Rockets here. Kind of a weird move in terms of letting go of a, a strong defensive center, but kind of makes sense for them. As far as the Hawks, they that's exactly what they were lacking was a, a center and more specifically a defensive-centered center. And I, I think this works for them on that front. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with win-win as well for both teams here. Both teams that are like can make an impact in their respective conferences. Yeah, and Covington's yeah. a great wing defender as well. So like they add that element to yep. their team as well. Yeah, no, Covington is not worth nothing. Yeah, no, that is that is very true. I think it's weird. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the trade to be honest. Um, at least on Houston's side, because mm-hmm. they're kind of doing what the Golden State Warriors that are, have the past couple of years when they look at like uh, Draymond Green and they say, oh, he's a small a small guy and he's a good defender, but he was also the Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and. They just kind of want to run the small ball model. Um, I think it's working for them because Russell Westbrook has been the driving force of that offense since they traded away Clint Capella. It's not like he was their guy, but I think Westbrook has had a big hand Mm -hmm. in their success so far. Um, Come playoff time, Westbrook does tend to unravel. Um, James Harden tends to unravel. I don't think that this is a good move because I think that they're also kind of understating the amount of success the Golden State Warriors had with guys like JaVale McGee who were a big part of their championships the um, last couple of years. So it's a weird move. Um, uh, my big loser is actually PJ Tucker, who is now lined up at the center position. Um, I, I feel bad for him. Did you guys see James Harden did the jump ball against the Lakers? <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> so, so my big my big winner for this is anyone who does the jump ball against the Rockets. They probably will have a hundred percent win rate on that, on that right there. That'll be yes. a fun stat to watch. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun yeah. going forward. And Jared, we're gonna move on to you. What uh, what trade do you got today? So I'm looking at 
Marcus Morris getting traded from the Knicks to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers give up Maurice Harkless. A couple uh, picks. Kind of gets a little confusing with Detroit getting in there too, but um, I don't see this one as a win-win, actually. I think it's clearly a win for the Clippers. Um, they get a way better offensive player, especially a two-way player. Like when you look at so when you look at the Clippers, they have such a good two way team now with Mark. Uh, so they just added Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, awesome both on offense and defense as well as Paul George. They're like they're gonna be clearly put themselves in the driver's seat for the West for sure. They can compete really well, I think, against everybody's talking about how they're gonna compete against the Lakers. The Battle of LA is lost. I kind of agree with it. I would say, like Marcus Morris is shooting. Not only does he hit uh, big big uh, shots, he's four for seven on game tying or game taking the lead shots in the final minutes of games, and he's shooting 43% from three. And the Clippers actually pursued him in free agency, so they're getting their guy, which is kind of cool. He was on those two good Celtics teams. But then you look at the Knicks. They're just stockpiling draft picks. They have seven first-round picks across the next four years. Aiden, Aiden, what do you think about that strategy? I, I just don't really think – I feel like they've been trying to do that for a while and it hasn't really worked, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do I do, do I think? trust the Knicks with draft picks? Not at all. Have they made a good draft pick <laughs> in the past 10 years besides uh, Porzingis, I guess, which didn't work out in the end? Like, no. Um, with that said, I don't think Marcus Morris is really worth anything to the Knicks right now. That whole, like, game-tying, game-winning clutchness, like, what are you going to use that for on the Knicks at the moment? <laughs> um, so, like, I, I think it's it's better than nothing. Like, Marcus Morris isn't a player to build a team around. He's a very good player, but he's not who's going to, like, turn the Knicks around. So I, I'm, I'm pretty okay with this trade, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of a rental. So it's, yeah. it's good for them to get something out of a rental. Yeah. The Knicks. Yeah. Uh, Jared, do you have any big winners for this one? Um, the Clippers and then the losers is everybody else in the West. Because <laughs> the Clippers, like, obviously with Kawhi Leonard and his load management stuff, like, they're not playing their best players all the time. And then I think when they – but, like, everybody is pointing out they're 2-0 against the Lakers, the best team in the West right now. So I think they win in a series against anybody. The Clippers. Yeah. I have a couple of big winners that I wanted to share. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is a big winner. <laughs> Because he didn't end up getting traded to New York. <laughs> Lucky guy gets to stay in L.A. and be on the best He needs team. his own team, though. Kawhi <laughs> uh, Leonard and his load management is a big winner. He gets to take more days off now that Marcus <laughs> Mars True. is there. Yeah. And my big loser is the 2020 and the 21 draft picks that now have to get drafted by New York. <laughs> Those are my big losers for best draft. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break a little bit from all of the the deep analytics stuff. I'm going to move on to something a little bit fun. I'm going to call it story time. Um, everybody, or at least Aiden and Lucas this week, have a chance <laughs> to highlight a shorter sports story that maybe caught their eye. Um, so I want to give the floor to Aiden. Aiden, please take it away. Sure. Uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about what's on everyone's mind currently, and that's the XFL. Um, I know we all enjoyed the weekend of games. I, I particularly enjoyed the quadruple overtime game between the Fresno Bobcats and uh, Wichita Waves was a good one. And I, I didn't just make up those two teams or that game at all. Uh, those were very real. Um, and what I'm actually what I'm actually going to discuss is after the LA Wildcats, um, LA's XFL team 
after their first game, fired their defensive coordinator and also <laughs> their, their defensive captain tweeted after the game that he was then a free agent. <laughs> so, so the LA Wildcats were up 17 to 12 in their opening game. They let up 25 unanswered points. So, so they did give up 37 points, not ideal, but the fallout from that was, yeah, a, a fired off a defensive coordinator and apparently their defensive captain has now also been released. So the lesson is be careful when you're playing for the LA Wildcats. They take this seriously. XFL is not a joke. <laughs> but my, I wish all sports teams <laughs> operated on that level. That's crazy. Yes. A game-by-game game review I, I, of every step. I love ever. it. And my, I'm honestly not convinced yet that the XFL isn't scripted like Vince McMahon's other child, the WWE. <laughs> so it remains to be seen whether the XFL isn't just going to be some kind of soap opera uh, where teams are having wild turnover from week to week. So everyone watch out for the LA Wildcats. See if they improve next week with their <laughs> brand new team. And uh, I'll definitely be watching, but it, it should be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'll take up next with my short little story. And mine's just uh, a feel-good moment and an homage to sports photographers. Um, making the rounds the past week was a really great picture of LeBron's dunk um, against the Rockets this week, which was like a frame-by-frame recreation of a dunk Kobe had. Um, in 2001 against the Kings. I thought it was just a cool feel-good moment for LeBron to sort of have that moment, like that catharsis of like doing something that Kobe did and, you know, getting past the lost. And I don't know, I think it was cool to capture that moment. It's a great photo- photograph. And I think photographers, sports photographers, rarely get a lot of credit. So shout out to Andrew Bernstein, who took that iconic image. That That's a great Good picture. Yeah. <laughs> that's a crazy a yeah. picture. Also, picture. just to add on to that, LeBron's son also did the dunk. I think it was in warm-ups, but it was something... Uh, he did the same dunk, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. R- reminds me of the, uh, the most iconic, in my opinion, the most iconic sports photo ever, or maybe not ever, of the past decade. The one where D-Wade ooped it to LeBron, and then he, he ran to the baseline with his arms spread out. Yeah, that's a timeless photo. That's another really, really great one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So we're going to jump back into the NBA a little bit, talk about, or maybe go over a little thing that I like to call deal or no deal. Totally original. Did not take that from anything else. Made that up myself. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna be a rival GM. Everyone else is going to kind of take the role as a GM of the team that I assigned them. Um, and I'm going to propose some trades to them, and they're going to tell me whether they accept the deal or they can counter with another deal or just, I don't know, just straight up decline me if they really are that insulted. <clears throat> So, Jared, you're going to take the mantle of the Portland Trailblazers GM today. I want you to get in the mind frame right now. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself in Portland in that office. So I call you up. I'm the uh, GM of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I will give you Steven Adams and Dennis Schroeder for CJ McCollum, Zach Collins, and Nasir Little. How do you feel about that? I'm taking that deal 100%. I'm definitely taking that deal. I I know everybody in Portland loves CJ McCollum. He's a decent scorer, but Dennis Schroeder is actually a, a scoring at a pretty nice clip this year too. And when you look at Portland this year, they're the they're just trying to like outscore everybody. They don't so they they're um terrible at three point defense. So they need more perimeter defenders, 
and then they give up the most offensive rebounds in the league. Steven Adams, I think, will help with that. They're also so far behind. They're like 29th in assists per game, I want to say. So it means they're just trying to like Damian Lillard ISO up everything and just do it all himself. I think um, like Steven Adams, those kind of guys will open up some more pick and roll opportunities and things like that. And Dennis Schroeder's like pretty solid. And we're not really giving up giving up Zach Collins and Nasir Little, although they're young. I'm fine with that. So I'm saying deal. And Zach Collins and Nasir Little just as a thing, they're all in there for uh, cap reasons. These are all approved by the ESPN NBA trade machine. I just want to point that out. <laughs> These aren't just things I pull out of the middle of nowhere. These are all cleared. <clears throat> all right, you take the deal. It's a fair deal. Yeah, I agree. I think also it's good for Oklahoma City Thunder too. <clears throat> Aiden, the New York Knicks fan, you're going to take the mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's their vice president now, the new vice president? Oh, that's a good question. Have they hired someone? They, they, they just hired somebody. It's you. The answer, the correct answer is it's you, Aiden Lewis. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Aiden, I'm going to call you up. I'm, I'm, I'm the GM of the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I'm going to give you, I'm generous. I'm going to give you Michael Porter Jr. and Mason Plumley. All you got to do is give me a first round pick. Frank, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce his last name. The French Frank and uh, Maurice Harkless. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate your welcome gift uh, as my uh, as my tenure as the New York's Knicks VP begins because I, I'm definitely taking that deal. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. He's you know he's definitely has a tendency to get injured. That's been clear so far. Uh, but when he has played, he's looks like a very solid player. Uh, I think he's worth a first round pick at least, um, and especially the Nuggets' first round pick, which won't necessarily be. Uh, particularly high. Mason Plumley, surprisingly good. I really thought that we were going to be done with the Plumleys in college. I, I really did. Uh, but Mason <laughs> has set himself apart. Uh, he's a solid player. Uh, he's averages like eight a game, but he's, you know, he's shooting 60 from the field. He's solid. In terms of what the Nuggets are getting, I it's not looking that good. You know, Frank, I, I love Frank. He's got a lot of heart, great defender, but he's he's in his, what, like fourth season and he's still shooting below 40% from the field? Like, you, just, you can't do that, bud. Um, and Mo Harkless, again, I also really like him. He's a former uh, St. John's player. I've followed him for years. Uh, he's just a journeyman at this point. He's solid, hasn't shown any flashes, really, of, of being a, a dominant player. So I think it's worth it to get Porter Jr. I think Plumlee's a solid addition. And honestly, we have too many first-round picks at this point. I think Porter's a more promising one than the Knicks would actually make. Um, so I'm I'm going with the trade here. How many first-round picks do you think it would take you to say no? Ooh, good question. Um, ooh, two, I'm, I'm realizing now that it's a plural picks. And I, I would say 2.5. 2.5 picks. <laughs> Yeah, and it depends. Okay, I won't go for that much. I, I will. Go ahead. Yeah, it depends what the picks are looking like. If they're, you know, like a playoff team's pick, which I think they are in a lot of cases at this point, then then maybe three. Um, but definitely, yeah, definitely one or two if they're, you know, just a, a mediocre pick, so like a 14, 15. And I'm going to defend myself a little bit as the Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. GM because <laughs> I think that you do this um, to get a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. And I think that, the, the Denver Nuggets are a young team, but I think their championship window is a lot smaller than we actually think it is because I think that they have to go and win a championship as soon as possible before they have to pay all these big players big money. Yeah. 
So, yep. And uh, Frank was actually pretty good in the 2019 FIBA when he wasn't on the New York Knicks. So maybe that has something to do with that. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I honestly, uh, once he's freed, he must be, he might be okay. <laughs> Lucas, you're a Philadelphia 70, 76ers fan. Is that correct? Well, I am a big Philadelphia congratulations. 76ers fan. You are now the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Not an honor everyone has. Good to hear. Um, So I'm going to call you. I know. Elton Brand's been pretty (laughs) trash, so I'm glad that I'm taking over now. A much-needed upgrade. So I'm going to call you. I'm calling you from San San Antonio. I'm not Greg Popovich, but this is an easy one. I want Joel Embiid, but I'll give you LaMarcus Aldridge to swap for that. Straight across. I will hang up the phone before you even finish. (laughs) That is absolutely a no deal in my eyes. Um, first of all, Embiid is younger <laughs> by nine years, 25 versus 34. Although Embiid is not as good as he was at his peak last year, he's still averaging 22.8 points a game and 12 rebounds a game versus Aldridge's 19 and 7.4. So you're not even getting an upgrade in terms of production. And you're also getting a player who's nine years older. And the Sixers issue isn't even with Embiid. He's played like pretty well this year, even though he's gotten booed by Sixers fans in recent <laughs> times. Their biggest issues are that they have no shooters and they can't win on the road because they don't have much veteran experience. Like Horford's the only veteran on that team and he's been pretty underwhelming. So you so don't far think there. that getting Lamarcus Aldridge, a guy who can shoot and as a veteran, would benefit you as as a team? I don't think his upside is enough. Like I would rather I would trade at Simmons before I traded Embiid. I think Embiid is the piece you build around if you're picking two of them. See, I just I think Embiid is the more complete t- talent at his position. But you don't win with a front court anymore, though. You win with the guards. Do you win with a point guard who can't shoot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a hundred percent three yeah. points. You, you put some respect on Ben Simmons' name. <laughs> like I think you see last year that there is a model for the Sixers winning, and it does not involve. I, I think it involves Embiid. And I think it involves having good shooters around Embiid to open up the floor. And I think that if you trade Embiid for Aldridge, you just are stuck with, you know, a big guy who can shoot. But, like, Embiid can shoot, too. He's not a terrible shooter. Um, But then you're stuck with a point guard who can't shoot and a downgrade at center. So I am hanging up the phone Mm. before you even finish. Well, as I wipe my tears away from being hung up up on... (laughs) I, again, from San Antonio, I'm going to call the Golden Golden State Warriors where Bart sits in his office awaiting a call from me. Bart, I want Andrew Wiggins. I'm looking to rebuild. It's about that time. But I think I'm just going to give you DeMar DeRozan uh, to swap. But, I mean, since I I am taking his big contract, I think I'm going to take a first-round pick from you. How does that sound? Uh... As the Golden State Warriors GM, I would have to take a few seconds to just collect myself, uh, maybe step away from the phone and take a few deep breaths, and just thank thank my stars for my good fortune. Uh, (laughs) The fact that you are willing to give me DeMar DeRozan and take Andrew Wiggins off my hands is nothing short of miraculous. I I don't understand why the Spurs would want to do this, but as as the Warriors GM, I take this in a heartbeat. Like I said earlier, I think they want to get rid of Wiggins anyway. DeMar DeRozan is not elite necessarily but he's definitely good enough of a star i would say that he maybe fits with what they're trying to do with with making a run for another championship so and the first round pick that they have to give up for this forget about it doesn't even matter wait is it this year's i think, I think this is a great wait is it us. this year's first round pick because that's gonna be a pretty good pick doesn't matter yes it is this year's yeah. first round pick Oof. 
No, I, I still would say it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a high lottery pick. I'm getting LaMelo Ball and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> LaMelo so Ball jokes on you. the league in three years. Joke's on Does you. Does that help you? <laughs> I love that the Spurs are trying to rebuild and get Andrew Wiggins. Like, they think it's, like, 2009. <laughs> like, <laughs> they could unlock granted, him. If anybody can fix him, it's Greg Popovich. It's Greg Popovich. I Thank you. That's why That's I hired true. him. <laughs> <clears throat> So we do have some baseball to talk about, as I promised at the start of this show. Um, baseball is kind of going through a new look to their playoff structure. Um, so they're going to change it. I'm going to kind of go over a couple of the changes. So seven teams now make up make the playoffs instead of the, the current five. The wild card games are replaced with a best of three wild card series. Playoff teams are seeded first by division winners and then by teams with the next four highest win totals. Um, ties are broken by the head-to-head series, of course. And then a number one seed will get a first-round bye on the Sunday night after teams play the games in the regular season. There will be a selection show, which will take place, where the number two seed chooses the team they want to play from the bottom three seeds. And then the number three seed will choose who they, they want. And then the fourth seed will just kind of play whoever's left behind. So, Bart, what are your thoughts on this new playoff structure? Yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I don't necessarily like it. Uh, I think for the MLB, I mean, a, a league who whose magic in a way kind of hinges on its its uh, tradition and its history, to make such a drastic change is is kind of nuts. I mean, this is like the the selection show in particular is what bothers me. I think it seems like something you do in like a 40 year old baseball rec league. You know, it doesn't seem professional enough for a, a real major sports league. Um, changing, you know, increasing the number of teams seems okay. Even even the the first round series where the higher seed has all three home games, maybe you could swing swing that, but getting getting to choose who you play, it just seems a little bit crazy to me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a hot take. I think it's a much needed change for the game of baseball. I, I think we got to get rid of this idea that baseball is this. And I know that my sorry, Dad. I know you're listening. Uh, baseball. <laughs> Nobody cares about baseball. It's it's this kind of like league that has a bunch of history and traditions and like the unwritten rules, which are my favorite thing about baseball is the unwritten rules, and then you all of a sudden get a fastball to the side of the head. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like there, yeah, there are unwritten rules that you shouldn't get to choose who you play against. No, this is fine. I, li- yeah. I like that they like, can call them out. There's no difference in finishing like five through seven. Like you could just like, if you're in the five spot, you can just like lose and like people still know you're a good team because you were at five with like 20 games left. Like, I don't know. Uh, it just seems weird to me. Like any of the wild card spots, there was no real incentive to be five or seven. Yeah, it just feels like manufactured drama to me. That whole like picking the team that you play. They're just gonna be. There's gonna be so many like ESPN montages of the you know whatever team got picked to play being like this is like perfect bulletin board material like. You know, like we want to play him. You know, we we have a fire it now. Them? Like it's gonna be, it's just gonna be annoying. Like it feels like a reality TV show. I think it could end up really backfiring. Like I think one of the, like though baseball is declining in terms of popularity, it feels like it goes too far in the direction of gimmick. Like I feel like people wouldn't take it seriously. Ahead, yeah, Jay. like like um, I like the NFL and MLB's playoff format now because. Like, in the NBA, they have divisions for literally no reason because it's just about the conference. But, yeah, you know, like, yeah. so in this, so if you are if you win your division and but you don't have the best record in the league, it basically means it doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to play in this first round. Best of three instead of best of five normally. 
which which like as we said last week it if you're a better team you want the larger sample size you don't want a best of three game and i i don't really think depends on the park but home and away like getting to host all the games doesn't make a big difference in baseball compared to other sports so i don't think it's fair to the winning teams as other people have said but doesn't don't you think that this puts more of a emphasis on the regular season no because it doesn't matter if you win your division yeah. So no. But I mean, if you're like the number one seed, like I think, te- I think, I know you say that it doesn't really matter, but I think teams do care about playing at home because I think every team cares about playing at home. Um, so the, wouldn't they just put more emphasis on winning the most amount of games throughout the year? Because I think this is a good move for baseball. I think this is a move into kind of modernizing the game that they have going on. Um, it can get gimmicky if we get to the point where like people get to Twitter vote. <laughs> who, who, or something like that, <laughs> which I'd be afraid of that it moved to that point, but. I think it's it's a good way, and I think it's a step in the right direction before they kind of move on to the point where they start lowering the amount of regular season games. I think this is they they want to do this first before they do the regular season games because they want to put an emphasis on the regular season without taking away from all the money that they're going to make. I I would more readily tune into a like one game playoff than to like. You know, it's Sunday and the Red Sox are going to pick to play the, I don't know, insert the the Rays or whatever. Uh, like that to me is not as exciting. And Although I do turn into Selection Sunday every year for March Madness. Right. So yeah. maybe. Yeah. I've just always felt like the like the MLB regular season feels in, like intense for me. I know it's, it's very long and it loses a lot of people because of that. But it feels intense for me because the playoffs are hard to make because there's, you know, only five teams who are even going to get the shot at it. And it makes the wild card race especially like pretty intense. So I, I don't think it's a playoff system that currently needs work. <laughs> like it just, it feels pretty forced. I think baseball is just missing storylines because the most interesting thing that happened in baseball was their cheating scandal. (laughs) But we'll move on. We'll leave that for another day. We're going to do a very, very, very quick lightning round called Quick Picks. We're going to go through the All-Star Weekend that's coming up, and we're just going to pick our winners for each of the different contests. Mm -hmm. So the Slam Dunk Contest features a lot of players. I won't go through them. You can just look them up. But I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon as being the guy who wins the Slam Dunk Contest. Lucas, who are you picking? I'm thinking Pat Connaughton, go Irish. <laughs> of course. Bart? Uh, I got to go with Aaron Gordon. He was masterful in his in his first one. I think he'll, he'll be great again. Uh, Aiden? Yeah, speaking of baseball, yeah, Pat Connaughton, let's go. Yeah, he <laughs> could be in the MLB, oh you know, throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, but here he is in the slam dunk contest. What a, what a hero. But, yeah, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Sad, but Aaron Gordon. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jared, who you got? I apparently haven't been paying attention to the NBA enough because I have no idea why Pat Connaughton's in this contest. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking them. You're the picking Pat? Laser and an Irish. And All right. former fighting Irish. Yeah, I'm going Pat. <laughs> it's a bold one. Uh, we got a three-point shootout a winner. And they did just – I just want to note that they did change the rules for the three-point shootout, mm-hmm. and they added um, a point. I think it's an, it's it's more than the than the money ball, and you just got to shoot it back from further, which benefits guys like Trey Young and Dame Lillard. So I'm going to go ahead and pick neither of those two and go with Joe Harris as my pick. The odds on favorite to win, according to betting. Mm-hmm. Not a risky better. Lucas, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Trey Young, like for the reasons you talked about, moving the line back. I think he, I think he's shine in that sort of like spotlight of like just chucking deep threes. 
it's kind of his only game. he can shoot them all from back there. Bart, who do you got? Yeah. Uh, part of me wants to say Dame, but I think I'm gonna go with the black horse, my boy uh, Davis Burton's. I, that's how you say his name. <laughs> uh, Aiden, who's your pick? Uh, because they're moving it back, I'm gonna say uh, Jimmer for de- no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually. <laughs> I, I was thinking Joe Harris, but it looks like he's having a bit of a down year. He's down from 47 percent from three last year to 40 percent. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna go with Duncan Robinson. You know, it's it's the Heat's year. All right, uh, Jared, final pick. I'm going Damien. It's gonna be Dame time, I think. Dame Dalla. Um, the skills challenge of the big one everyone's favorite Uh, Jared I'm actually going to start with you because I don't know who's in it this year I'm going with Jason Tatum because I think he's the most skilled and most athletic player in that group Uh, Lucas who you got Uh, I'm going to pick Siakam from the Raptors I think he's on the rise I think he's athletic skillful I think he could do well Um, Bart who you got you know, I like my boy Patrick Beverly. You know, first guy in, last guy out type of mentality. I think that carries over. <laughs> Lunch pail kind of guy. Aiden, who are you feeling? Yeah, that's who, that's who I'm going with. I think it's going to be a guard, oh. and I, I think Beverly, is he's got the heart to win it, as, as Bart said. Okay, now looking at this list, I'm actually going to go with Shy Gillis Alexander. I considered, yeah, I considered Shy. He's my guy from my favorite team right now, so I'm going with Shy. And then lastly... We're going to go with the winner of the big game, Team LeBron or Team Giannis. Giannis is probably the worst GM in the league as <laughs> yes. of right now. Yeah. <laughs> this game, I feel like, will not be close. But. Um, I'm going to go with Team I, I LeBron. I saw someone on Twitter, though. The one argument you can make for Giannis is it's a team of guys who really want to go out there and play hard. <laughs> <laughs> team LeBron like, knows that they're good, and they might not try very hard. But they're going against, like, five of the top seven players. His entire yeah, roster is... I, know, I, don't, I don't know what, what Giannis was thinking. Giannis is maybe the only player that is better than any of the players <laughs> on LeBron's team. Yeah. yeah. So with all that being said, I'm yeah, going with Team LeBron in this one. Yeah. Lucas, who are you picking? Team LeBron as well. LeBron, that, no doubt. There's no way you get past Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Luka Doncic, and Harden with LeBron. Are we all just going to pick LeBron? Ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> no, one, no one's going to go out on a limb and go with Team Giannis. You know what? I'm going to switch my pick now. I'm going to go with Team Giannis. Oh, my God. <laughs> a bunch of scrappy dudes just out there for the long That's going to come back and bite me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so thank you everybody for listening to our episode. It stretched a little bit longer than we would have liked today, but hopefully you made it this far. Please, please tell us how great we make you feel on Spotify and on Apple. Also, please find us on Twitter. You thought media is our handle. Uh, Social media is the name of the game, so please interact with us. Thank you again for listening, and have a wonderful next week.